doing right now? Welcome, welcome, welcome to season two of the Emergent Experience podcast. Can you believe we're at season two already? So crazy. (laughs) Season one was a lot of fun and so much learning. A lot of learning. Yes, a huge learning curve. (laughs) As you can see, it gets a little smoother toward the end. Thank you guys for sticking and listening to us. Uh, We had a couple of housekeeping things we wanted to talk about before we get into the episode. But if you have uh, any topic ideas or questions or feedback, we would love to hear from you at um, hello at theemergentexperience.com. You can email us there. And also, we have a Facebook group. So we'd love for you to join so we can converse over there on Facebook. Um, It would be at the Emergent Experience, as in the at symbol, symbol. The Emergent Experience. Um, so come and check us out over on Facebook, like our page, and uh, be a part of the conversation. So I think that's it. On to the episode. All right. So our lives seem to be about everyone and everybody else or everything else. But where do our goals and our dreams fit into the picture? We are daughters. We're wives, we're mothers, we're sisters, we're friends, we're business owners, we're employees, we're students. Oh, and we're CEOs of the household. You know how that goes. Right. So, you know, we want balance, financial stability, and fulfillment. Is it really possible for us to have it all? Gosh, that's such a hard question. (laughs) Well, the question is, why do we think we can't have it all? And where did this... Where this view of view that we can't have it all come from? Hmm. I guess I don't know. I I think it's possible maybe to have it all, but I guess it, it's it's more of a timing thing. But like, I think at least when I like becoming a mom, a lot of people would say like, "Oh, well, you know, you're not going to be able to do X, Y, and Z anymore." Or, you know, like, everything is about the kid or, like, but I never really agreed with that. Like, I just, like, my marriage is my marriage. It's not, has nothing to do with my kids. So, like, to me, that's separate. What I want to fulfill, like, the things that I want to do with my life, for me, that's separate from being a mom. Mm-hmm. Um, but I see it as an example of, like, just my daughter seeing an example of a woman. So, like. I don't necessarily think that people were right when they told me that I had to set my life aside just because, or even when I got married. Oh my gosh, let me tell you this story. One time when I first when I first got married, Jason, I had an argument and I went to an older lady at the church and asked her for some advice. And she told me that I should lay on my back like a woman is supposed to and like, Stop complaining about Get marriage. Get you out of here. Get you out of here with that advice. No, I'm not a horse. Right? I'm not a donkey. I don't just lay there. No. Exactly. Like, I was just like, what? Get you out of here. No, bye. But, like, what that communicated to me was that, like, my only job at that point is to just be a wife. And then at some point, my other job would just be to be a mom. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Like, whatever I want, that whatever. I aspire to none of it matters and I can't I can't basically I can't have it and that is that I call it the old school way 
I mean, if you think about it, I mean, women tend to stay home. You know, that's that old school thing where you stay home. Not saying it's wrong, but, you know, your job is to stay home, take care of the house, cook, clean, look pretty, um, and make sure everyone is taking care of the children and the husband. And, and you look and you look beautiful, perfectly um, made up, and your hair is perfect you while like, you're doing it. You must it. look like a play a Playboy bunny. <laughs> it don't matter what size you are. You must look like a Playboy bunny for your husband when he comes in. Hey, honey, all that perfect. No, I had a wonderful day. And oh my gosh, you know what that reminds me of? <laughs> it reminds me of that article that I found. Um, it was like from the 1950s, and it was saying how. Um, it was basically saying how to be a good wife. Like it was trying to give like good advice mm-hmm. and it was saying like, make sure you have a bow in your hair. And when he comes home, don't bother him because his day was probably worse than yours. Make sure the children are clean. And if you made dinner, like make sure dinner is on the table, like on time. And if he's late, don't be angry. Like it was just all of these like it things. Varies. We're just like it's basically said to put aside all your all your feelings, all your concerns. You are now subservient. You are second class to this right. man. So you, what you do doesn't matter. And that's how you have to be a woman. That sounds like it was written by a man, but you never know. There's women like that. Also, I have to think back because I think about my mom and my grandma. They worked. I mean, my mom went to school. I remember, I mean, she, she got married young. And I remember her sitting, her, her sitting down working hard, studying, and going to college and doing her thing. She, she had a mix. Like, you know, when dinner time came, my father got the first plate. He got the biggest plate. <laughs> but my mom was a princess, too, because, you know, she may, be the, she may be the nurse manager or you know, all these positions in management, but at home she was princess. So she kind of, yeah, she kind of, I should say queen, because she kind of put a mixture of things. Like she didn't, she wasn't overbearing, but at the same time she was very strong and very firm in what she wanted and what she believed and what she brought to the table. I think think I'm a little bit more, I'm a little more aggressive. Like, yeah, oh, I'm more like that too. She's like, calm down, calm down. You can't, you can't <laughs> yell so much. What do you mean? I'm not yelling. I'm just making a point. But I um, mean, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say aggressive. I'd probably say more assertive. I'm aggressive. <laughs> I'm a little rough. I can't. I can't lie. I'm rough. I am assertive. But I'm, assertive with a little edge. <laughs> okay, that sounds pretty. If you want to call it that, I guess I'm assertive. I, I, I remember, like, my mom stayed at home with us at first, but I remember my mom, my mom managed the money, Mm -hmm. and, like, I always recognized my mom as the brains of the operation. Mm -hmm. She managed everything, she made sure that things happened when they were supposed to, and then she started, my parents owned a business, and she like handled all of it Mm. like she handled everything and made sure everything went smoothly and so on and so forth and then eventually she decided she wanted to go to school and she went and she like graduated and then went back to school and graduated again with her master so like I'm just used to seeing 
powerful women. And when I say powerful women, I don't I don't mean I don't only mean business women. Like I think women that are at that function as um stay at home managers or stay at home moms or whatever, like they can be equally as powerful. But mm-hmm. like so I'm not like making a differentiation in terms of working women versus stay at home women or working moms versus stay at home moms. I'm just saying that my example was seeing women in charge. Cause even at church, all the women were in charge. Mm-hmm. They made all the decisions. They'd said what programs were going to happen when that's very true. And they told them, they try to tell the pastor what to do. And usually, usually happens mm-hmm. anyway. Exactly. <laughs> all the women were in charge of the finances. Right. So yeah, it's kind of true. So why do we think we can't have it all? I think um, it goes, like I said, boils down to you have the old school in one ear. The old school people telling you, hey, you you know, you need to slow down. You need to lay on your back. You need to be a mom and stay home and take care of your children. That's all you should do. And then sometimes society. I mean, how often, uh, I mean, how often do you hear people who become pregnant at work, women, and they don't want to say anything until like nine months because they're afraid of um, missing a promotion, of being looked at as unpredictable, unreliable. I don't think that's fair. I mean, come on, we're bringing bringing the world life and then you have the nerve to think I can't handle my job. Right. I might be birthing next president. Don't play yourself. So yeah, that's such a good point, though. Mm-hmm. So that is where that is for me, because when I like go, like you know, I just finished school. I'm officially Dr. Monique. Woohoo! Yeah. And I think <laughs> about the next step. What is the next step for me? What can I do? And then I have three children, and I, and from 18 to one, and and at this point, I'm like, <clears throat> I want to move forward in my career. I didn't get this doctor of nursing just to do nothing. I want to actually utilize it and apply it. But a lot of these positions out there require a lot of me. And then a part of me is like, if I take this, can I even have another kid? Is that one kid we talked about ever going to happen? Um, it's just, it, you don't know because it's a lot of stress and it's a lot of um, people relying on you. Sometimes you have half a, several units relying, relying on you. If an emergency happens, it's like you got to pick between your child and the emergency at work. And most likely it's going to be the emergency at work because you, you're you not there. You get no check. Yeah. So, and at that point, that's when you have to have a really good nanny. Like an amazing nanny. You really do. So, yeah. I think that's where that comes from. And then having the flexibility. Um, but I guess that, that speaks to the idea that it's it's possible to have it all but not not all at one time because mm-hmm. life has ebbs and flows and sometimes you can sometimes you can apply yourself to achieve something but then another time you might need to set it aside not to say that it can't happen but maybe it just can't happen right now or maybe all these things or all these different um factors can't work together at the time but like at some point you may be able to that's true. When can you have it? You have your children. You you enjoy them. I mean, kids don't go away. 
But if you want to spend more time with your kids, that's when you have to think about how can I, you know, assert, be assertive in my career if I want to spend more time. Some people have the flexibility to demand, hey, I'm only going to work for you three days. I will work from home the other two or I'll be home. I'll be working for three days. One day I'm available by, by phone and that other day I need off. Like sometimes you have to put those boundaries. And if you're in a place of power where you can't request that, that's great. I started using that very early. And for me, it was just like, okay, I had this little boy. I'm here five days a week. I can't do this. So I was like, listen, um, this is not going to work. I need four days. I need that one day for balance. There's no way I'm going to balance motherhood, school, and giving you my entire life. You guys know what I'm worth. You know I'm great. You know I love these kids. You know my all my patients are stable. Give me that day. And you know what? It, wasn't, yeah. it wasn't hard. It wasn't a hard fight. And I appreciate it because guess what? All the women, all the bosses were women and they understood. Yeah. Yeah, because I think ultimately our families, our children are not, they're not interruptions. They're a part of our lives. Absolutely. And so everything, we just have to figure out how to piece things together and how to feel worthy enough to ask for what it is that we need to have what we need. Mm-hmm. But how do we find balance? You have the kids, you have the career, but you feel like you're being stretched. There has to be a balance. Um, I think at some point you have to realize you have to know when to let certain things go. Yes, like <laughs> saying no is a complete sentence. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely, no. And we are not responsible if somebody is angry with our decision. We are not responsible if somebody does not like our decision. Absolutely. We are not, we're not responsible for other people's response to our no. Mm-hmm. My nurse practitioner, mm-hmm. um, she says four words. She says, I can't do that. <laughs> Period. <laughs> hey, can you do blah, 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 blah? And she's like, I can't do that. No, I'm not. <laughs> I won't do that. No. Mm-mm. And that makes sense. When to say no and know your limit. Yeah. Like, you know, sometimes I beat myself up for not being able to cook as much because honestly, I'm the only one who knows how to cook. But some days y'all going to have to get some sandwiches and, and, and some vegetables and fruit and call it a day. Right. And I'm, I don't beat myself up about that anymore. Honestly. Yeah. Because I, it's but so much I could give. What I do know is that when when I am off and we are on the weekends, I get to be with my kids and my kids get to be with me. Yeah. And that's, to me, that's the important stuff. Yeah. So. I was um, writing a blog post the other day about, um, it was a lot of it related to balance. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about how many hours we have in a day. <laughs> And if eight of those hours are supposed to be spent sleeping, eight of those hours are typically spent at work, then that means we have eight hours to eat, shower ourselves, um, pay our bills, clean our house, and to cultivate relationships. Like, we have eight hours a day to figure out how to put all of that in, like, in eight hours. I don't like we that. have to say no. Like we have to say no to things, and we have to figure out what our priorities are. You're so right. Um, and also, when I talk about how to let things go, you need to like my th- simple things like cleaning, 
find someone to help you clean. If you get a cleaning lady that can clean up the whole house once a month and you just maintain or twice a month and you maintain, take it if you can afford it. Um, if some, and if not, maybe you just need to have less stuff. Seriously, like throw it. Whatever throw, you got to do. Throw the whole throw the whole life away. Just throw it. <laughs> throw the whole house away. <laughs> just throw it all out. But seriously, you have to know when to give up. If you can't cook five meals on the weekends, if you have the time, cook like two or three different meals or meats and make sure your sides are enough to last and you make that work. And if you have fit kids and or husbands or whoever, spouses that don't like, um, they don't like leftovers, okay, then you make it. Right? <laughs> like you make it. Yeah, I I always knew fairly fairly early after seeing a couple examples that I was not gonna be the type of person to make multiple meals for people. I didn't see your text. <laughs> Just still go. I knew very early on that I was not gonna be one of those people that made multiple meals mm. for people. Like you will either eat what is here or you are not that hungry. You know, I tried. I really wanted to be the person that cooked some wholesome foods all the time. But one thing my um my supervisor at my old job told me she was like well you just throw everything on the grill i was like she's like that's smart she's like you bought a house you got you got all you know you got a backyard just put everything on the grill it's so cheap it's easy it's quick you can put anything on the grill vegetables i said you know what you're right and she said that if your husband can't cook he can throw it on the grill too luckily though jason can cook <laughs> <laughs> not yet but finding cook ways to make things work. You cannot be, I mean, the superwoman to me is, uh, it's a fictional character. Like you are trying to do way too much. One person doing all those things. It's too much. So yeah. I think finding balance helps. And then you have a partner, you have a spouse. What can they bring to the table? If you are not able to be the person that's constantly, um, and overly involved in their children like you would like to be, but you have your spouse who can, let him take over. Allow, yeah. allow them to um, share that. My husband's very like much into the kids. Like I came home from work and he took them. I put on um, the baby's shoes and he took them outside and they were walking around the house and walking around the yard and they went to the driveway and the baby was trying to eat rocks. <laughs> Listen, I looked out the window. I said, they're doing great. And I sat down. Okay, because I need to rest. Yes, that's a good point. Like, what I hear out of that is don't micromanage. Yep. Because, like, when when Jason has Z, like, I just don't, like, I'm just like, well, whatever. Like, even when she was smaller, like, not to say that he didn't know how to put a diaper on, but even if he did put it on backwards... I would have very little to say because I want him to feel confident Absolutely. and I want him to like 
know that he's competent and capable. And so, like, just not micromanaging him, that also frees me up to do whatever it is that I need to do. Absolutely. And that's how you find balance. You find balance by allowing the person who you partner with to share those responsibilities. And if a quote-unquote woman's job, forget about it. Get a dishwasher. Put it... (laughs) You know, my parents have dishwasher. I don't think they use it yet. It's been a thousand years. That thing is a thousand years old. My mom hates dishwashers. I don't know. She has like a personal vendetta with dishwashers. For what? For what? Because she says it uses too much water. Because they like to work hard. That's what it is. They don't know how to not be stressed out. Like if the if the dishwasher, she hears a dishwasher like maybe like 15 minutes from when I started it. She's like, she's just like, oh, that thing is still on. And I'm like, yes, it's. It's washing the dishes. Listen, like that's what it does. If you have it, use it. If you have a, a mother-in-law or a mother or a friend who can who can um, help out, use them. Right. If they yeah. if they want to sweep and mop, go ahead. No yes. problem. So don't micromanage. Accept mm-hmm. help. Exactly. So and another thing, with and my, I think. Go ahead. Oh, what were you saying? No, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say um, with the whole idea of balance is I don't know that anyone ever reaches perfect balance. I think it's just always the this kind of this idea of staying present enough to know when you're when you're leaning to one side or the other. Because mm. there are moments where we have to kind of pick things up and it's like, oh, man, we have a lot more meetings or I have a lot of this this particular work or whatever that I have to do mm-hmm. but if you find that you're working all the time and you're not getting to spend quality time with relationships that matter then it's like oh okay I'm a little off balance let me go on this side but then if you're too lax and then your work falls to the wayside and you're not um, achieving the things you want to get done then it's like oh maybe I need to amp it up just a little bit like just kind of being present enough to know um, which side you're overdoing it on absolutely and then what does having it all look like like answering that question allows you to find balance what does it all look like yeah what is your all you know if you if having it all means being being completely a hundred percent devoted to your children and your husband and yourself because you have to be devoted to yourself then, then let it be. Then that's what having all is. Or is does it mean I'm going to work part time, and then the other part time, the other time that I have, I'm going to spend with my family, um, right? Or I'm going to open my own business or my own practice, and so I have flexibility to do what I want and be with um and be with my family. I think that's where I am right now. If I have that flexibility to be around my family, then. I, sh- I will be. I think I will have my balance. I believe. I know I have my balance because my passion is with the community. My f- passion is with people, not being so driven behind, you know, facilities and numbers to the point where I can't even enjoy life. And have that's what having it all looks like for me. Being able to right. use my gifts and also being able to take my kids to vocal lessons and swimming. Right. And not being stuck in traffic. So I think that's important. Um, 
And with that, there was a question that we had. Um, does feminism lend to the idea of us wanting it all or feeling like we are living less than satisfactory lives? Because, you know, we always hear this big word, feminism. And, you, you know, you see the commercials and the Instagram is always some feminist uh, thought or photo. What is feminism? Like, what is the definition? Well, according to Eastern Kentucky University, feminism is an interdisciplinary approach to issues of equality and equity based on gender, gender expression, gender identity, sex, and sexuality, as understood through social theories and political activism. Historically, feminism has evolved from the critical examination of inequality between the sexes to a more nuanced focus on the social and performative constructions of gender and sexuality. Hmm. Um, it's a lot. Yeah. Growing up, when I heard the term feminism, I didn't immediately identify with that movement. I, you know, I just thought it was like women and and they want, I mean, I heard about, you know, I understood the equal rights and things, but I don't know why. I mean, I do know why. I didn't really identify 100% because I did not see women like me. Unfortunately, when you hear these terms and you don't see someone who represent what you look like and what who you are, you don't. Yeah. I wasn't, you assume it's not for you. Yeah, I, did, I just didn't identify with those things because I felt like I was struggling with other stuff. I was, yeah. I'm black. Yeah. I mean, I'm 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 black. I'm African American. I'm Caribbean American. Whatever you know, society likes to call me. Um, I have this this un. You can't hide it. So it's just it's here, and I had to deal with those things first before I could even deal with my femininity. Yeah, and what's interesting, like I don't, I clearly don't believe this now. But when I first heard the term feminism. And I was a lot younger. I assumed that it was for white lesbians. Mm. Like I had no idea. Like I thought it was kind of. I thought it was just kind of the more about the gender identity aspect of it, mm -hmm. where like um, um, the, these particular types of women didn't want to be shoved into a category or mm -hmm. made to do X, Y, and Z, or made to believe or look like X, Y, and Z. I don't believe that now because I'm obviously older and uh, more informed. <laughs> absolutely. And I think that's because our parents were just not, our, our mothers really didn't engage in that. No. Yeah. Not at all. Not uh, at all. And, and when I, when I finally started to understand a little bit more about feminism, I was a little bit confused, mostly because like we, like we were saying before, a lot of the women in my life, or like a lot of the examples of women in my life kind of like held everything down. Like mm -hmm. they were very, they were like a lot of the decision makers and, um, and so on and so forth. So I didn't understand the huge problem. And also, like you said, I don't, I didn't even know that it was for me because there was no one that represented me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as I got older, I understood the whole, um, I had an understanding of of feminism, and honestly, 
it really brought a whole new light when I read about feminist therapy in school while I was um, studying mm-hmm. to be a, a psych MP. But um, now, um, even though there are some women who don't understand the, the, the racial aspect to it, it now kind of represents all. Um, for the most part, I'm thinking we're moving toward that. So the other piece that we got from Eastern Kentucky University, um, feminist theory now aims to inter to inter feminist theory now aims to interrogate <laughs> in, 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 in why can't I talk? How about you read it? <laughs> feminist theory now aims to interrogate inequalities and inequities, along with the intersectional lines of ability, class, gender, race, sex, and sexuality. And feminists seek to effect change in areas where these intersectionalities create power inequity. Intellectual and academic discussion of these inequalities, oh, pardon, inequities, allows our students to go into the world aware of injustices and to work toward changing unhealthy dynamics in any scenario. Mm-hmm. So they incorporate racism. And classism. And that's important. There is an extra layer. Um, I remember reading an article, and I probably mentioned it before, but it's like it really, the image stood in my brain and it's still there. Um, it talked about the workforce and how it's a male dominated force, and men are become the CEOs and they're very successful. But now there's a change. And they had a pyramid, and there was a white man on the top of the pyramid, and there was women at the bottom of the pyramid reaching up and slowly moving up. So the man was helping these women. These women were white women. The two women on the other side of the pyramid were both at the bottom trying to scratch up, reach their way to the top, and no one was there to help them. Wow. So there's still that racism part where it gets separated and... Unfortunately, it's, it's still happening now. So there's that extra layer that we're fighting for. Gender equality. We're looking for um, equality in our race. Look at me and don't look at my race. Just look at me and look at what I can bring. Um, but I, I, could, I can see where, like, after reading, after reading these definitions, I can see where feminism can kind of spawn this idea of, and not in a bad way, but spawn the idea of us wanting more or feeling um, feeling like our lives are, aren't as satisfactory to us. Because, like, when I think about, when I initially thought about feminism, it kind of made me, kind of made me not like men very much. <sighs> It made me very frustrated with men and it made me very frustrated with um, gender expression and gender identity. And I think some of that, too, is just because I'm not very I'm not naturally very gentle or very sweet. Mm-hmm. Like I'm stereotypical. Yeah, like I'm not a stereotypical um, woman, I guess. But I'm also not married to a stereotypical guy either. Neither. Because Jason is very gentle and he's um, he's very talkative, but kind. he goes like straight for like if we're in Target, he's like, oh, hey, so 
So what are your dreams? What are your passions? <laughs> <laughs> or you'll be like, so what's what's the one challenging thing that, that was difficult for you this week? And I'm like, Jason, first of all, you need to not do that in the middle of Target because you can't let these people fall apart when you don't have the time to put them back together because exactly. we need to go home. <laughs> we don't have time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. But like, we aren't, we both aren't stereotypical um we don't play stereotypical roles of our gender. Yeah. I pretty much the same here. Um, and I, I like that. I mean, ten, I tend to, you know, the macho man, the big old macho man who think they in charge. We tend not to get along that well. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the we same. We don't, we clash. We, those type of person, those type of men, we tend to clash. And it's because that's how I am. I'm like strong. I know what I want. And I'm not strong because I feel I have to be strong. I'm just, this is just how I am. I know what yeah. I want. I know what I like. And I know what I want, how to get it. And I'm not going to let nobody get in the way. So if I want to stay home with my kids for a little bit, then I will. And if I want to go back to work and work full time, then I will. I actually had a balance where I did a, bo- a little bit of both. And... It's just, I think, like you said, it's a seesaw. Like, okay, I'm working full time. One, this is great. Um, I have someone helping me with the kids. And then most likely I'm going to be winding down to, I'm going to go back down to working a few days and spending more time with my kids. It, It's a balance and I'm happy that I have the option to do that. Yeah. Plus, I mean, you're teaching your kids how to live life. You know what I mean? Like, you're teaching them... First of all, you're teaching them that they are not the center of the universe, Mm -hmm. which I think is very healthy. But, like, you're also showing them, like, hey, like, this is how you learn how to balance. This is how you learn how to live out life. This is how you learn how to make decisions that are healthy for you in the moment. And then this is how you figure out how to change your mind because you are you are. You have the ability to do that when necessary. And then this is how you do something else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think growing and being that example is going to allow our children, sons and daughters, to have a different outlook on gender roles. Yeah. Because you don't have to just be in the home. Exactly. And you can be in the home but still run your own business. And, or And you can be a dad and be at home. Yes, yes. Exactly. Who wouldn't want their husband to be the stay-at-home dad and you have nothing to worry about? Are you crazy? <laughs> my husband always says, he's like, I'll be a steadman. I said, that's okay, because you would be my <laughs> steadman. You will be my steadman, and I don't mind. Because Jason wouldn't mind that either, actually. I have things to do and places to go and people to see, and this is just embedded in my DNA. And there's nothing I can do. I can't change that. Like, if I was born in slavery, I'd probably be Harriet Tubman, or I'd probably be the one that shot up everybody and killed everyone, all the all the ma- all the masses. I'm sorry. I'm that, like, I just headstrong. I know what I want. Oh I'm sorry, people. Like, I'm that headstrong. So, there's a, there's, there's a fine line between my, my crazy, okay? But, um, it's just like, I don't think, no matter, I don't think whatever timeline I would I was born in, I would I would just still be this person. So it's just important for me to be able to be exactly that and define what that looks like. 
So I think yeah. Um, when you said the thing about um, <laughs> when you said the thing about your husband being cool, being Stedman, mm-hmm. it made me think of it. It made me think of um, the whole idea that gender identity plays in what we think we can have or what's available to us mm-hmm. or what isn't a, or what we think isn't available to us well it, it clearly played a lot of roles in 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 careers career choices yeah you know we had a, women couldn't join the military women couldn't be doctors women can go to school there's so many things that women couldn't do and even up until now, you're, you're still hearing about first female um, chief firefighter or, you know, things like that. They, they, that's a- crazy that that's still a first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. I was watching Chopped last night. Mm-hmm. And um, this woman, I feel like she's such a good example because she was a chef. And she decided that she wanted more time with her kids. And so she became a private chef and she has full control over her hours. She has full control of how much she's in the kitchen and how much she's with her kids. Mm. I just, I really admired that. That's ideal. That is ideal. Have control. And what works for you works for you. And doesn't matter what your mom says, what your friends say, what anyone says, as long as you have that agreement that you have that understanding or agreement with your partner, if you have a partner or if you're on your own, that this is what my freedoms and this is what my success looks like. And this is what I want to do with my life. And this is how I'm going to have it all. Then that's just what you're going to have. I remember sitting with a colleague of mine and she told me that, you know, we, she had a nanny. Her mom was a lawyer or isn't a lawyer, is a lawyer. And she said, and it was so good to get that from her. She said, I have no regrets. I don't feel like I missed any time from my mother. She said, I have a, I had a wonderful nanny. I think she was like Trinidadian who didn't play no games. And her mom trusted <laughs> that woman and her mom was free to be herself, to be successful and do what she loves at the same time provide for her children the life that they had so she said she doesn't have that feeling or that yeah so i think sometimes we beat ourselves up thinking our kids are going to miss so much but apparently she didn't she got the best of both worlds yeah so you know don't beat it don't beat yourself up either you you know you you do what you can always love those kids always love on yourself and be true to yourself Know what your success looks like, and you'll be fine. We're only going to be on this earth one time. Once you die, we don't know what, what happens after that. Okay? So, in the end, it's, it's just really about what you want and what you need. No one else. Yeah. What your personal, what your priorities are. Mm-hmm. So, what does, what does having it all look like for you? Having it all looks like being able to, not being able, having it all looks like for me, huh? To be able to express and explore my dreams, enjoy my children, continue to have one more kid because I don't think I have any more in me. Just just have children (laughs) and not be able to, not have that interfere with anything. So, 
my job will be flexible. I already have this in my head of what it looks like. And the more as time go, as time go by, the more it starts to develop and form. And being able to do this, like, this is fun. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, to me, I just go with the flow. And that's what it looks like for me. What about yeah. you? Um, having it all for me looks like um, me being able to pursue my goals actively while still taking care of myself and maintaining a great relationship with Jay and and having a great relationship with my kid. Mm-hmm. That's and also cultivating like community. I feel like having I, community. I feel like our answers are so simple when we do like a thousand other things and we're acting like we don't do a million things, <laughs> but somehow we're doing a million things and making it work. <laughs> if you guys really knew what we were doing behind this behind this, you'd be like, You're crazy. But yes. <laughs> Make it work. That's all I have to say. Make it work. <laughs> Make yes. it work. So we can have it all. We may not be able to have it all at one time, but in the context of our existence, we can. And we define that. We define what that looks like. Yes. And so we've come to the end of our episode. With that, we're going to leave you with a quote from Bell Hooks. If any female feels she need anything beyond herself to legitimate and validate her existence, she is already giving away her power to be self-defining her agency. Till next time. Bye. Bye.